Welcome to the virtual church with Reverend Prosper Asamoah. Reverend Prosper Asamoah is the senior pastor of Love Sanctuary Takradi, where Jesus is exalted and his love demonstrated. Now, the sermon. Let's greet on to Jesus. Let's put our hands together. Let's celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. We give God the glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much for coming to church. Choir, God bless you. You always lead us to the presence of God. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for another day in your house. We look forward to this day throughout the week. That we know when we come, we shall have the opportunity to fellowship with one another and worship you, hear your word, and have a good time in your presence. We've come again. We know our expectations will be met because your presence is here. Speak to us. Speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together as you sit down. Hallelujah. We give God the glory. We give God the praise. Amen. Yesterday we had a good time. We enjoyed ourselves. Me and Kase blew away. Oh. Oh. Me, I won't say, say who is last to. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I will not say who is last. We shall see. Today here, we shall see who, who was last. Hallelujah. But you know something? There's something called top four. In major competitions, they look at the top four. So if you come fourth crowd, you are among the top four. <laughs> is the standard. English Premier League is the standard. The top four, they go to Champions League. So if you are the top four, that means that you're okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. We thank God. Thank you, Father Lord. Give you praise. I mean, we are in the mood of fellowship. So I was thinking of what to talk, to talk about fellowship. So that buttress all that we are doing and all that we try to do as a church. As a church, we, we say that we, we manifest the love, the wisdom, and the power of God. And in church, one of the greatest things we can do is to fellowship. In the modern world, you can hear more powerful sermons. You can hear more powerful praise from your gadgets, TV, radio, podcasts, whatever. But one thing you cannot get from those things is a fellowship. Is a love, is a person-to-person contact, because God created us for fellowship. You cannot survive without person-to-person contact. That's why people are put in prison to deprive them of that, and it is painful, it is difficult. It's a hard time. They eat, they can get the Bible to read, they can, they can get everything, but that fellowship with other humans is is deprived, and that makes it a punishment. So, and so one thing that God requires of us is that we share fellowship with one another. It is very, very important. Hallelujah. I'll come from some angle B, but we'll get there. Amen. If you read Hebrews chapter 12, 
from verse 18. Hebrews 12 from verse 18. Jesus is talking about, okay, the writer of Hebrew was talking about the church. And was comparing this New Testament church with the Old Testament church. The Israelite coming out of Egypt was considered a church. It was a big church, but it was a church. It's a, it's a, it's a shadow of our church. And, but there were things that happened then that are different from what we experience now. And one of the things is that when God wanted to speak, he spoke through the prophet, Moses for some time, and then Joshua, and then later on, many other prophets came. He spoke through the prophets. And there were times that when he was speaking, it was thunder, it was lightning, it was giddy, 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 giddy. You can't get near. In fact, when he's on the mountaintop and he's talking from the mountaintop, you don't get near the mountain because if you touch it, you will die. That's how powerful his presence is. His presence is still that powerful. But the effect is not so now. It's not that it's not powerful. It's still powerful, but it doesn't make us suffer death when we get close to him. Hebrews chapter 18. I'm giving you the background. So, For you have not come to what may be touched. For you have not come to what may be touched. A blazing fire and darkness and gloom and tempest. And the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further message be spoken to them. The Israelites said, Moses, please, you go and listen to God and come and tell us. We don't want to listen to him ourselves because it's too much. Because the trumpet, the tempest, the noise, the giddy giddy, the fire, the everything, they said they couldn't. That was the first church, the church in the Old Testament. For they could not endure the order that was given, even if even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. When God's on the mountain, when you touch the mountain, you'll be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. Even Moses, who was listening to God, was trembling with fear. That is what it used to be. But the writer says that, but you have not come to Mount Zion, but, but you have come to Mount Zion. We are at Mount Zion, hallelujah, and to the city of the living God. So the church in the New Testament, we've come to Mount Zion, not Mount Sinai, where the law was given, where they couldn't touch, but we are in Mount Zion. It's a different mountain. It's a different place, but it's the same God, the same power. And to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and the, and to innumerable angels of festal gathering. So when we come as a church together, we have come to the city of the living God, Mount Zion. It is the heavenly Jerusalem. Jerusalem is considered as the holy place of God, the holy city of God. But when we gather like this, we have come to a spiritual Jerusalem. and to innumerable angels in festal gathering. As we are here, there are angels all over us. If God opens your eyes, you will see angels. 
there are many angels around us, the spiritual ones, and there are some people who are angels in our midst. We know them physically, but they are angels God has put amongst us. And the spiritual ones that under normal circumstances we do not see are also here. There are many. They are all over the place. If God opens your eyes, you see them standing in every corner, in every area, among the hours. They are with us. They are listening to what I'm saying. So when we come to church as a gathering like this, we've, we've not come to a physical gathering. We've not come to a gathering of like an, an old students' association. We've not come to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 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 what's, the, what's the name of? Uh, Anchors Group. <laughs> I was telling somebody yesterday that if I get the finances, we'll do anchors. We'll, we'll have our own group. Do you, will, you, will you join? Yeah. Great. We'll have our anchors group. Okay. You wait one day, if not this year, next year. We'll have our own anchors. It's not anchors. This is a spiritual gathering. Hallelujah. And so we should always consider it as such. We should always remember that it is not a physical gathering. It's a spiritual gathering. It says we come, when we come, it's a city of the living God, it's a heavenly Jerusalem. It is, there are angels here. Verse 23 says, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. Jesus. We have assembled around Jesus. He's the firstborn. We are his assembly. And we are enrolled in heaven. So we are not ordinary people. We are not, we are not just human beings passing. We are, we are God's people. We are, we've been enrolled. Our name is written elsewhere. We are of, in this world, but we are not of this world. That is the gathering as a church. So when we meet like this, we should consider each person a very valuable, important person in the sight of God. We are not ordinary person. doesn't matter what dress the person is wearing. It doesn't matter how you physically see the person. The person is God's person. It's special. We must keep our focus on this unique gathering so that we treat it with all reverence and respect. We, res we treat everybody in the gathering with respect because they've been enrolled in the gathering of the firstborn. And to God, so when we meet God himself to his ear, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. When we meet like this, God is here. And we are special children enrolled of the firstborn, in the assembly of the firstborn, the assembly of Jesus Christ. And when we meet the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect. I with us. What's the meaning of that? It means when we meet, the spirit of Abraham is here. The spirit of David is here. The spirit of Paul is here. The righteous ones who have been made perfect by being called to go ahead of us. Their spirit is still with us. Hallelujah. So we are not just a gathering. We are not a normal gathering. We are a spiritual gathering because the spirits of 
all the righteous people who have been made perfect. You cannot be perfect on this earth, but when they die, they become perfect. The righteous ones, our fathers in the faith, they are with us. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And so at the end of all, of all this gathering, Jesus is also here. He mediates the, the covenant, the new covenant. He is the intermediary between us and God. He is the one who receives from God or who talks to God on our behalf, who is an advocate for us, who ensures that all that he, if he died for on the cross is available for us. So church is not ordinary. Church is not to be taken for granted. It is a serious spiritual gathering. That's why in history, throughout history, the devil will try to use people to confuse the church, to bring confusion in the church. Because when we gather, we are so powerful. And the presence that we create, it's so much. It is beyond our comprehension. But when we are scattered, and we become individuals. We lose all this because it is in assembly that all this happens. Yes, we have a personal touch with God. We have a personal relationship with God and everything. It is fine. It is necessary. It is foundational to all this. But this is a power. I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. When we move as a church with all this angels and the spirits of just men and God the Father and no power of hell can stand against us. But when we are scattered, then they can get us. That's so why the devil's plan is always to scatter us, to bring confusion. But we must be aware of the wiles of the enemy and be strong. Hallelujah. And to Jesus, mediator of the covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. When Abel died, when Abel died, he fell, he died, his blood poured, and when God came around, his blood, the Bible says, his blood spoke from the ground. Blood speaks. And he spoke to God. He spoke vengeance. The blood of Abel spoke. By saying that we've come to the sprinkled blood, not the blood of able the blood of man, but the blood of Jesus Christ. And that blood speaks better things. Even the blood of Abel spoke and God moved. And this one, the blood of Jesus, is speaking better things. So when we gather, the blood is here. The blood, the sprinkled blood is here. And it is speaking for us. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now you see, church is, we must place that value on church. In fact, it's invaluable. It's so high, we cannot comprehend the power and the value of church, of this gathering. Today, Sunday, there are many gatherings all over the world, but each one, if it is led by the Holy Spirit, has these characteristics and these privileges. Hallelujah. So this is our church. But sometimes, like I said, the devil comes in to 
try to scatter us. That is why we need fellowship. That's why we need fellowship. The same Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 to 14 says, Take care, brothers. It says, Take care, brothers, lest there be any of you, there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. We must take care. Because if, if we don't take care, we'll fall away from this assembly. Because remember, this assembly, God is with us. God is part of the assembly. If we don't take care, we'll fall away from the living God, leading you to fall away from the living God. Verse 13 says, but exhort one another every day. Exhort one another every day. Belong to, belonging to this assembly, we must exhort one another every day. Encourage one another every day. Say, speak the word of God. Speak encouragement. Uplift, edify one another every day. It is important that we say, we encourage people who are going through difficult times. It has always been so. Maybe it's getting more difficult each time, but we'll survive it. But we must encourage one another every day. That is the fellowship. That is the importance of fellowship. That is the importance of the, 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 the relationship. That is what we can get in a gathering like this, when, which we cannot get from the radio. Because it's different when somebody sitting in front of you and talking to you. There's a vibe. There's something. We are spirits, but when you meet one-on-one, -on -one, it's different from when you are speaking through something, through a, a, a medium or what do you call it, an equipment. It says, we must encourage one another, we must exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today. So if today is today, then today I must encourage one another. Hallelujah. And so we have a responsibility, even though we have come with all this gathering, all this powerful presence, spiritual presence in our midst, there is the need for us to encourage one another every day. Otherwise, what will happen? We will fall away. And it is the encouragement that sometimes we miss. And instead of encouraging, we discourage. Instead of encouraging, we say things that will bring people down. Instead of encouraging, we undermine. Instead of encouraging, we may gossip. And instead of encouraging, we will say things to even make people feel worse than they are feeling. We must be careful. Encouragement is to lift somebody from a lower level to a higher level with an expectation of good. And once we are in Christ, we have an expectation of great things happening to us. Great things coming, coming to us. Hallelujah. So we must encourage one another instead of making it worse. Some people want to give up. Some people want to, they don't know what to do. Some people are throwing their arms in the air. Some want to walk away from the fellowship because we ask, 
why, what's the essence of all this? One day, very soon, I'll, I'll teach you, I'll, I'll preach, I'm still studying, I'll preach to you about the relevance of church and how far church can go in your life. People put all their blames on church. When things are not working, they think then church is at fault. It's not so, but one day we'll come to that. But today I'm talking about foolish. Let's encourage one another. Let's lift one another up. Hallelujah. So that's why we don't, in Love Sanctuary, we encourage everybody to belong to a smaller group. Look, we are here. 90% of you will go away. I may not see your face that you came. But if you're in a smaller group, the leaders are, are trained and are being trained to ensure that they look after you. But whilst they are looking after you, caring for you, and making sure that things are okay, not to prove, give you money or to that sort of thing, but spiritually to oversee you. You two, within your small group, encourage one another. Hallelujah. And sometimes I say, you don't know. We, now we know ourselves. Yesterday we had a good program. We mixed up. We did, at least you've made a few friends. Those who were last, they... They are mourning together. So, <laughs> those who were first were celebrating together. Those who were in the middle too, they are, they are happy they were not last, but they are sad they are not first. So at least there's that fellowship. Let's build on it and encourage one another. People say, oh, church, me, I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to. No. Find, you'll find, you'll find somebody who can be an encourager to you. And you too, you can be an encourager to somebody else. Otherwise, what's the essence of church? Hallelujah. But as God one every day is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. If we don't encourage one another, sin will come in. And sin, the ultimate of sin, the, the final analysis of sin is that anything, if, if you consider something more preferable than God, that is sin, ultimately. So we are in church, and you prefer something more, something more preferable, you have something that's more preferable than God, then it's sin. It doesn't need to be an, uh, an, an image that you worship. It could be anything. It could even be the fun that you love more than maybe his assembly, than God. That becomes sin. It can be even your spouse. If you consider your spouse to be more than God, you prefer your spouse more than God, it is sin. Because it's standing between you and God. So sin is anything that you prefer more than God. So if we don't exhort one another, our people's attention may shift to other things that are more preferable than God, and then they will become sinful. When it becomes sinful, your heart becomes hardened. But when you are hearing the word, you are getting exhortation, you are getting testimonies, you are getting encouragement from one another, it keeps the word alive in us, and it keeps us going. So sin will not come. We are reminded of God. His presence, his love, his mercies, and his grace. 
Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm in him. You see, when we exhort one another, it is because we have come to share in Christ and share its fellowship. When we talk about fellowship, it means having a share in something. We have a share in Christ. We have a fellowship in Christ. But if we don't exalt one another, we will fall away from that fellowship, from that share that we have in Christ. It means to partake. We, have, we partake in Christ. Fellowship means partake in Christ. So we have a share in Christ. If indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. It is the, the end though. There are many people who have loved God, who have served God, who have been on fire for God. But sometimes they fall away. So they, they end, in the end, they are not sharing that fellowship with the church, with God, and that matter. But I pray that we, our confidence will remain firm till the end. In the name of Jesus, I pray over you that your confidence in him will remain firm till the end. That nothing shall pluck you from the hand of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. That the devil may come, but he will not be able to pluck you. That the assembly into which he has called you, you will identify and remain there. The local church which he has called you in, God will make you aware that you remain. If this is the assembly he has called you in, then don't take it for granted. No that it is a spiritual gathering. Hallelujah. Fellowship is important. The same Hebrew, today I'm playing around Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 21. It says, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Now we say we should be cautious not to fall away. We should encourage one another not to fall away. It's very important. After all that, we must draw near. Because the God that we have, the assembly that we have, we have access to God. So let's draw near with full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. After we've encouraged one another and exalted one another, and we, we have our hearts pure, then we must now, we shouldn't just sit there. We must approach God with confidence, with assurance. Hallelujah. It doesn't take any complicated ritual to become, to have access to God. Somehow, some People are teaching us that we need some spiritual, we need them to have access to God. Before, without them, we cannot go to God. We must come through them and they say all kinds of things. I, I'm here to tell you that the true word of God says that we, the New Testament people, we have access to God. The way I go to God and he talks to me, the way I go to God and he, he last night I did my sermon, I finished everything. I put it on my Notes. I use Evernote. I put everything. I was then. I don't know what everything got lost. 
Ah! I don't know what happened. It just got lost. Then I said, God, what is this? Is this, is this of you or is it devil? You know, we, everything's either devil or sister. Then he just gave me these three scriptures. Finish. It's different from what I planned. Hallelujah. God can lead you. You can be on a particular path. Not that those, what I wanted to preach was wrong. But somehow, you know, we were playing around yesterday. We were jumping, jumping. So things were not smooth, Papa. But he has spoken to me the same way he can speak to you. He can direct you. You can, he will lead you in the path of righteousness. He will lead you personally. You see, I just spoke about church, and I'm not talking about person. Because we need both. You need your personal relationship with God, and you need the corporate relationship with the church. You cannot do one without the other. Let us draw near with a true heart of assurance in faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful who has promised. Hallelujah. When you walk alone, you may fall. But when you are in, the, in, in church, you are in this assembly, your personal walk with God is even strengthened. And if your personal walk with God is strengthened, you, are, you, you, you become a more beneficial member of the assembly. So it, it's a cycle. One feeds the other until we all come to the perfection. Hallelujah. Amen. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So we must think of one another. The Bible says consider, think of one another. Let's think about one another to provoke. Provoke is not always to make somebody angry, but provoke each other unto good works. Hallelujah. That is fellowship. As you go to God and you have that assurance, then you can encourage one another also unto good works, that God is good. God is merciful. So that your Christian life is not based only on what, how do I say it? It's not based on theory, but practically you experience God for yourself. You provoke one another unto good works. Let us provoke one another. Let's not provoke one another unto anger, unto bitterness, unto backbiting, unto gossip. Let's provoke one another unto good works. When you meet one another, say things that will encourage the person. Say things that will build the church. Say things that will build the person up. It's very important. We are all imperfect. No, none of us is perfect as a person. So if I take Mrs. Agree and I want to talk about her imperfection, I'll get a lot of things to say. But let's talk about her, about her strength, what God has done for her, how, how lovely she is, how friendly she is. Let's talk about the good things. Let's praise God for how God, how far God has brought her. Let's focus 
on the good things. Let's provoke one another unto good works. Let's not focus on the negatives of anybody because we all have negatives. Hallelujah. As a fellowship, as a church, that's what God requires of us. I pray that each one of us will, will grow in this fellowship. Will grow in this fellowship. They call it koinonian. Koinonian or whatever it is, a Greek word. It's shared. So we share. Because everybody must have a share in the other person. You have a share in my suffering. How do you have a share in my suffering? The things I've been through, the pain I've been through, I share with you. You have a share in it because you know that I've been through this. And I share with you my victories. So you have a share. You fellowship with me so that you learn from my pain. You learn from my victories. Hallelujah. And that's what, that's what koinonia is. Share, partake. That's what we partake in the suffering of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that we should go to the cross and also be hanged. But we know that he went to the cross, he was hung on the cross, he died for us, and we understand it. And we, we partake in it, we share. That's koinonia, that's fellowshipping with him in his suffering. Fellowshipping with him in the benefits. And so each one of us must fellowship with one another so that we lift one another up. We raise one another up. Hallelujah. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Anything you say to a brother doesn't provoke love, then there's something wrong. If it provokes hatred, it provokes bitterness, it provokes backbiting, it, prov it discourages the person, then you are not doing good. If what you are, what you are discussing with a, a fellow member in the body of Christ, does not provoke unto good works. That let's, come on, let's continue. Let's do it. Let's do it for God. Let's go, come on. Let's lift this thing up. Let's hold this thing and keep it for, for the kingdom. Let, let's support this person for the kingdom. If you, what you are discussing at any time doesn't bring honor and good works, then you are not in a good fellowship. I pray that we'll guide ourselves with these landmarks and have great fellowship. Hallelujah. Say, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. We know this scripture, but this is the background. We shouldn't forsake the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Some people don't like coming to church, but you are here, so it's not you I'm talking to. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hallelujah. The day is approaching. Either Jesus will come or we will go. So whatever it is, there's a day that is approaching. So we must be exhorting one another and we must be fellowshipping. Some of us couldn't come yesterday for various reasons. But anytime we are having fellowship, we are meeting, Put it on your agenda. Put it on the itinerary that you will be part of it because it is important. At least 
those four hours we spend there, five hours, you forget about all the matters, all the issues, all the troubles, and have fun and laugh, whether winning or losing. Hallelujah. Some of us, some of us like me, we just went to eat. It's also important. Breaking of bread is part of fellowship. Breaking of bread is fellowship. People that you've never spoken to, somehow, for circumstances created, you spoke to them. And it's fellowship. But make sure that anytime we meet, we are encouraging one another. You are saying great things. You are, you are lifting one another up. To exalting one another. I pray that this church shall be a church of koinonia, a church of fellowship, a church of love, a church of oneness, that when we meet, we shall provoke one another unto love. And that each individual will have the full assurance that God loves us and God has a plan for us. I want to assure you that God will come through for you. Keep within the fellowship. Keep being encouraged. Keep encouraging others. And we shall come to an expected end. God bless you. You changed my destiny with the awesome price you paid. Now I can say. Thank you for listening. Follow us on YouTube and on Facebook at Prosper Asamoah for more of these teachings. God bless you.